Hey, everyone. We are back. We're talking a little bit more. Um, continue the conversation that we started in our last episode. We were talking about a way towards towards greater wisdom and, and discernment of what's happening in our world. And we talked through through the practical the practical application of good theology um, and how that actually does make a big impact on how we how we view the world and how that's a big part of the way forward. We're going to continue that conversation now. We're going to be talking about something a little different. One of the one of the things that was said in the last ep- episode that um, that we thought was a good kind of pivot towards this conversation is is that a lot of times our culture, again, American evangelical culture, not trying to hammer on it, just trying to talk about the way forward, um, but a lot of times we are more rooted in subculture than in truth. So our own culture is more of what roots us than what the Bible actually says what's actually true. And so when something feels like us, when you feel home in something and it feels like this is where I'm supposed to be, um, that's actually more important than than what the Bible says and what is true, um, those comforts and those things. And so we're going to talk about that idea more, which the idea of like, this is my team and I need to fight for my team. And a couple terms that kind of kind of help encapsulate these ideas. The first one is tribalism. We're going to talk a little about tribalism, and then we're going to talk specifically about one brand of tribalism that's that's um, being talked about a lot right now, and that's Christian nationalism. Yeah, so just to, if you're not familiar with those terms, tribalism basically just means like you're focused in on you and your team, like whatever, however you define that team, whether it's your uh, Republican Party, uh, your evangelical Christianity, your white evangelical Christianity, your Burlingtonism, whatever, however you define your tribe, your people in a specific instance or situation or on a topic, that's your tribe. And it can easily, it it's mostly most often used in a negative sense of like uh, viewing you and your tribe as against every other designation or group of people. Christian nationalism is one of those terms that is obviously Christianity, and it's a blending with with America is kind of how best way to think of it is like um, the idea that America is the new Israel, that God, America is God's favored people is kind of the underlying philosophical understanding of it. Um, I, I mentioned on the last podcast that 68% of white evangelical Protestants or white born-again Protestants view the um, founding documents as inspired by God. Okay, that's kind of the definition of it. That says all you need to know right there. Right. Uh, putting it on par with Scripture. Like, no, it, it, it's not. Okay, we are not the new Israel. We are not the new people of God as Americans. We are... Uh, the church has kind of taken over that role as the people of God. This blending of these of Christianity with our American philosophy on life. What we say in church a lot is that um, we have to be Christians first and Americans second. Most people don't really disagree with that, but where but where it gets uh, where it gets really tricky is when when you actually define Christian mm-hmm. and you define uh, American and what are what what things belong in which category. And in so many cases. Um, Christian nationalism is about things that we add to what it means to be Christian. Mm-hmm. You say it, it's about these things that are from the Bible, and it also is kind of about these things now as well, and those are really more, uh, mm-hmm. it's really the American dream, or it's our way of life, or it's these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be clear, there's a, uh, there is a healthy and a true, good biblical way of approaching our, our country, right? To pray for our leaders, to oh, submit yeah. to our governing authorities. There's a lot in Scripture about how we are to interact with the government. Um, so there's a good, healthy, like Christian truth-based approach to that, but then there, there's others that just go way too far, and it becomes your identity, and the basic way of thinking of it is your political identity or your, your American identity and your Christian identity is one and the same, and they're kind of indistinguishable. Right. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think I just want to clarify there is a good, healthy way of approaching it. And so here's here's some of the ways that can take us to places where we aren't navigating things with a lot of wisdom. Things like a term like freedom, mm-hmm. right? Freedom. There's Christian freedom, and there's American freedom. They're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both, I think, good things. Right. But I have to be a Christian first and American second, right? So which one should I care more about? The Christian freedom. And so when we, um, those things can get blended together sometimes. I can think like a really specific on the nose example of this is um, if you've ever, if you've ever been in a situation where a sermon application or a song or something like that, where um, the, the American soldiers fighting for our freedom has, has been directly compared to Jesus dying on the cross for our sins mm-hmm. and freeing us from our sins. Like those, like, they're different things. Right. They're they're actually pretty different things, right? But in a lot of cases, like it, it kind of all gets jumbled together, mm-hmm. and uh, the symbolism and the application, the examples used, um, you can you can get a lot of Americanism into your uh, into your faith that way. And again, we, we I love America. My point is not to say like we need to uh, we need to like hate America. No, of course not. But we need to be Christians first, Americans second. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be aware of those things and understand how that how that can be um, affecting our thinking. I'm thinking about like we talk about tribalism. Um, tribalism, I think, one of the things like what you talked about, which is like this is my team. Um, tribalism leads to a lot. Of, there can be a lot of weird stuff around disdain for other people. Like if you find yourself um, allowing yourself to basically hate or have disdain or just believe the absolute worst about the other, be that the left or the right, be that whatever it is, like. That's that's often rooted in tribalism, which is just this mentality that is like, look, it's us versus them, and we need to make sure that us has the power at all costs, and that might mean that we like that might mean that we need to put character aside right now. That might mean that we need to put integrity aside right now. That might mean that we need to be willing to do some things that we know aren't Christian, but for the for like the higher cause, the the big picture, they're important, yep. you know. And a lot of that stuff is rooted in that fear, that disdain of other of of the other quote unquote other side, right? Right. And how that's very different than the way of Jesus. Um, we've been going through Romans twelve through sixteen and talking a lot about welcoming those who have differences, things like hospitality. Paul says to bear with one another in our differences. Um, the overall theology of Scripture is well through Jesus, God has welcomed all people groups into the people of God. So that there's no slave or free Jew or Greek, you know, barbarian, Scythian, uh, male, female, all of those, those, those beautiful quotes that we memorize in Sunday school, usually they apply here. So if this is true and we do believe that, then what does, what does that do to our tribalistic tendencies? Because there is something innate in all of us and the sinful nature that we have that drives us towards me and my tribe right. over and against, uh, you and your tribe, like, let's fight. And and there's something that pulls us there. Our, our sinful, evil nature draws us there. But the way of Jesus calls us to something different, which is acceptance, hospitality, you know, loving your neighbor, uh, loving your enemy, and praying for those who persecute you. Right. Um, so as we talked about in the last podcast, if our Christian identity is really foundational, then we need to resist these things like tribalism and Christian nationalism. And it actually should, it, as Christians, we should actually really take exception to it when we see it happening, when we see maybe high-profile Christian leaders who are also very politically involved or whatever, yeah. 
um, conflating the two. It should it should actually be something that upsets us and bugs us because we don't um, we don't think that the two should be conflated, and, and yeah. we think that it really harms the the mission of the gospel, and we think it it deceives the people sitting in pews into thinking that this is the way I should. Um, I should navigate these things. An, an example of what I'm talking about. An example of the conflating. Uh, this was a, this was a couple of weeks ago. This is one that um, that t- to me was just completely wrong. Franklin Graham, after um, there were some some House Republicans, there were about I think ten House Republicans, right, who voted to impeach uh, President Trump. And um, tribalism says, hey, yeah, Republicans, that's your team. You never admit. You never admit your team's wrong. You never go against the grain. You never, um, you're loyal. And what Franklin Graham said was, he basically said, shame on those guys. They weren't loyal. They betrayed President Trump. And then said, I wonder what the 30 pieces of silver they got for their betrayal was, which was conflating Judas betraying Jesus um, with Republicans just because they're in the same party as President Trump voting for his impeachment. Now, my goal isn't here to harp on President Trump. I think it's fair to say that we shouldn't be comparing him to Jesus, right? The son of God who our entire faith is built on and going against, going against someone politically and saying, look, we think they should, that, that is not the same thing as betraying Jesus. Right. And, uh, and Franklin Graham's a very high profile Christian leader who, um, because of tribalism, because of Christian nationalism, because of political loyalty and power, um, was in a place somehow in his brain where he he thought that that was an appropriate thing to put out for everybody who respects him and listens to him. They they could all read that, and it's just it's completely out of line. It's completely inaccurate yeah. and it's ridiculous. Yep. And I really over the last like four or five years, I think we we begin to see how destructive that that thinking is in the Christian church. I mean, you and I grew up in a church that. Um, we we had the American flag and the Christian flag in the sanctuary mm-hmm. for most of our childhood. We sang songs and did plays and performances that really conflated the two, um, and and we would we would regularly you know celebrate the uh, like Memorial Day and stuff like that. We'd mention it, talk about it in church on Sunday, which there's a healthy way to do that, but sometimes it just isn't helpful, right? Uh, because it promotes these ideas. Um, I, I've always kind of thought that those were just kind of innocent, right? Like that there's really no harm in that. Even when I started to see that and think like, oh, maybe this isn't the 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 right approach. But what's the harm? What's the harm? You right. know, it, it is what it is. I think on January 6th that we saw the harm of that. Um, we saw the idolatry of that in the individuals who were storming the Capitol building and saying prayers, right? Like praying the blood of Jesus over the Capitol building, somebody walking into the Capitol building with the Christian flag carrying that. Um, Christian music blaring in the background, signs saying, you know, Trump is my president, Jesus is my savior, on the same sign. Like, all of those things, we, we see the idolatry of the heart of the individuals and what it can drive somebody to. Um, and then we also see, as this is airing on national TV, how that damages the public witness. Uh, how some of these ideas, when, when people see conflated uh, depictions of Christianity with Americanism, or whatever we want to say there, if they have a different view of what America should be, now they're linking and associating Christianity with that view of America. So that damages our public witness to a great degree. I'm thinking about um, just anger, right? There's so much of so much of tribalism around politics, around um, 
in in our again kind of in our um culture so much of it is built on anger people get in their car and the way to not the way for their car ride to not be boring is to turn on angry right. political radio and and just like let's just get worked up about something like you know because i got to i'm going to be in the car for 20 minutes anyway i may as well get angry about something you know we're kind of addicted to anger and it it drives a lot of our media it drives a lot of our um that's intentional there's been a lot of people who've made a lot of money on keeping you coming back and getting your dose of anger for the right. day right. and i'm thinking about um uh, I was just thinking about the book of James. I pulled it up real quick. My dear brothers and sisters, this is James 1, verse 19. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We talked about being slow to speak on our last podcast. Um, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Mm-hmm. There were people at the Capitol who 100% were convinced that what they were doing was what God desires, and it's easy to zoom out from that and say, you've, de- you, you've been deceived. You have been deceived, right? And I'm not, I mean, a lot of people were there peacefully too. I'm not trying to um, to oversimplify it, but like people, you, when there's violence happening, when there's people taking Jesus saves, you know, flags into, into a place where, and people are dying and violence is happening, like you've been deceived mm-hmm. and your anger did not produce the righteousness that God desired. Right. And so that is an area where we, you need to be aware of that. If you love like to get your anger dose for the day, just because it like it makes your day interesting or whatever. Just in the same way that we like drama on TV, we like anger in our media, yeah. right? Be aware of that. That's an area where where we that doesn't move us in a good direction. Anger isn't always unjustified, mm-hmm. but if you find yourself in that space where you're like kind of getting your daily dose of anger just to make your day interesting or whatever, like look, yeah. you gotta you gotta unplug from that stuff. That's not gonna push you. That's not gonna push you t- down a road towards more wisdom, towards more mm-hmm. discernment. It's gonna do the opposite. Exactly. It's going to make you unwise. Exactly. And if we really, va- if we value and cherish our Christian identity above and against that, and we want to be holy to God, then we, we should be thinking through that stuff and should be aware of when we're just being angry. And I think there's, there's a lot of these cultural conditions that have gotten us here. And I don't think we ended up here passively <laughs> in a lot of ways. I think that there are, there are forces in media and in politics, um, and that stuff that you're listening to, uh, mm-hmm. that you're just talking about, uh, about people trying to elicit anger in us. Um, and in order to do that, you have to drive a tribalistic, Christian nationalist narrative in order to get people to think they're, you're on their side or like they're, they're the crew that is going to fight against whatever uh, else is happening. So they have to create an, an identity for you and then they can drive their ideas. And then you're hooked, right? You're with them forever. So we don't, we didn't get here passively. There's no. a lot of forces moving us in this direction on both sides of the aisle. And I totally understand that. But one side is talking, is more uh, explicitly using Christian verbiage and targeting evangelical Christians. And that would be the right. Um, so we did get here. And some of the narratives that I've been hearing that have driven this is the the uh, fight fire with fire narrative, or we need to retaliate uh, because or else we're going to lose our country. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you expect? Exactly. That idea, right? You, if you, I heard somebody say, I think it was David French. He said, if you keep telling people that they're going to lose their country, eventually they're going to believe it yep. and they're going to take action and they're yep. going to do something about it. And it's, it's precisely what we saw at the Capitol was people fearing they're going to lose their country 
And so they've decided to take action. And the amazing thing was that these people thought that they were like being heroes because they're filming themselves. Here's the thing. I I just heard a very popular commentator say what he says almost every night on this program, which is the stakes in in one way or another, the stakes have never been higher Mm -hmm. in our country. The stakes have never been higher. Um, Yes, they have. <laughs> like th- that's that's just not true, right? I'm not trying ridiculous. to. The stakes are kind of high right now. I don't disagree yeah, with that. Right. But they th- saying they've never been higher is a blatant lie yeah. that people kind of want to believe because they want again they want to get angry and stuff like that. We have to be aware of how how um, that stuff is. If we if we continually feed ourselves with that stuff of the effect um, that it has on us, I think our when you talk about tribalism, like political tribalism is probably the prevailing identity in our country right now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that people identify with more than their quote-unquote political tribe, right? And so you look at COVID and masks and that whole that whole thing. I remember, this is months ago now, having conversations with people from our church or whatever. They would say, like, I don't understand how this became political, in a country where our primary identity is politics, more so than faith for the majority of us, what else would it become? Mm-hmm. Right. It's, I mean, it. <laughs> what else would it become? Why is sports becoming more political? <laughs> what else would it become? Yeah, exactly. There's no other option in a world where, like, in a country where our political tribalism is our diff, like, it's our number one thing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the um, the pinnacle of our identity. Mm-hmm. Um. And when we talk about Christian Christian nationalism, it's it's basically people being told, like it actually is okay for your political identity to meld with your Christian identity and be be one identity that is your most important one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a really it's a lie and it's dangerous. Nobody's American dream is what's in scripture. Yeah, um, the gospel is nobody's American dream. Mm-hmm. The most conservative person who's a Christian or the most progressive person, um, you're probably wrong about something. Because we all sort of be- we we are tempted to believe this lie that if I can just if I can just have my version of the American dream and still go to heaven and have my faith, then I can have it all, right? And so some people take the approach of saying, "Well, I, it's actually okay for me to hoard my wealth because I just have to like find the right language to use for why I'm doing it." And then, no, mm-hmm. you can't have the American dream if you're following in the ways of Jesus. There are things you're going to have to give up. Progressives, it's the same thing. Well, my American dream now has to do with uh, a different a different lens on on sexual ethics, on gender identity, et cetera. And to that, we say no. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we don't actually agree with you on that. Like, you can't just decide what your American dream is and then say, Jesus, come with me. This is what we're doing. Right. Um, we're supposed to do a different thing. And uh, the way of Jesus is a different thing. It's right. always going to be a different thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and we have, to, we have to be willing to put it first and foremost and say, okay, well, then... I've got to separate these things out, and I have to when when they are in conflict, I've got to pick the I've got to pick my my faith over, um, what I would like to see happen in our country, uh, what would what would serve me better politically, et cetera. Amen. I think part of what gets wrapped up in this conversation is just what do we mean when we say America is a Christian nation? That's a phrase that I heard all the time growing up, and um, never really unpacked it, and. As we begin to unpack it, I think it becomes clear. So when we say America is a Christian nation, we can look at the founding documents and look at the founders themselves and their writings and say, yes, most of them were Christian. And a lot of the principles about uh, all people being created equal, um, that is 
a fundamentally Christian Western principle. So there are a lot of like Christian principles within the founding documents that are at the core of our, of our country, and those are good. But when it comes to how we, how we legislate Christian principles in our country, that's where the, the conversation becomes incredibly nuanced. Right. Because we aren't just governing in our country. We aren't just governing Christians. We're governing Muslims, right? We, we are governing atheists. So mm-hmm. h- how do those things play out? And that's where we have to be wise. And there are a lot of different opinions on how Christians think that Christian ethics and Christian principles should be applied to our country. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, we do in the West in general, in, in especially Europe and in America, we owe a lot of these values that we hold dear to Christian principles, like the value of, of freedom, of, of uh self-governance, things like that. I think we can find roots of that in Christian principles, like the value of every human person. That is a Christian ideal that our country just kind of takes for granted, usually. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the principles, we have to also think about how we legislate them and how we interact with them on a large scale and apply those to people who don't think or believe the same as we do. Even not, not even talking about people who aren't Christians and how we should love them and <laughs> respect them. Within Christianity, mm-hmm. we at least have to be respectful, hospitable, bearing with one another mm-hmm. within our political differences because Christianity is much bigger than just one view of how America should look. I think the other thing that I want to talk about a little bit is just the power dynamics that exist within yeah. within. Um, our tribalism and within Christian nationalism, I think there is, um, so there's been a lot of talk about like critical theory lately, right? And like mm-hmm. the, the idea that everything is power structures, like, and you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to do a terrible, I'm going to butcher critical theory. There's going to be people, <laughs> people who are, but like um, one of the, one of the big concepts there is viewing what happens through the lens of, of power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked already about how personal responsibility does matter. You know, you're not just a product of, of the power structures around you. No, like there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a little bit flawed and ridiculous to see everything is solely um, just only view things through the lens of power structures. It's also completely ridiculous to to just discount power dynamics completely. Mm-hmm. Um, we literally became a country by winning a war. Mm-hmm. If we lost that war, everything would be different, right? And that was that's a power dynamic. You know, when you talk about race, right? Critical race theory would sort of say that racism can only be um, perpetuated by the people in power, right? So white people. In America, have have held the power for a long time. Right. I don't think that only white people can be racist. That's kind of ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, white people do have more power. There's more of us with more money, with more guns in our country. So it is it is a little bit more concerning than uh, racism against white people because of where the power dynamic is at. To simply ignore that um, right. that dynamic, that power dynamic, mm-hmm. um, it there's a lot of blind spots in that. I read a tweet um, by a guy by name Carlos Rodriguez, and he's not a fan of Christian nationalism, so this this bites a little bit, um, maybe even more than I would say it, but it is a good and true thing, I think. Um, he said, Christian nationalism will use the Bible to push for war when it wants to fight and then use the Bible to push for peace when it's losing the war. It's a tool for manipulation, and it's God's power. Um, and so the truth that's there, I think, is that in, in that tribalism idea, it is about power. It is about us winning over them. And so I think we need to be aware of that because there's a lot of hypocrisy um, that can exist in, in a group that says that talks a lot about freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of religion, when they're on the losing end of, quote, unquote, losing end of the power dynamic. 
But there are also times um, when the power dynamic is shifted. And I think even today, we need to be really aware of the fact that there are a lot of people, in, in we talk about Christian nationalism, there are a lot of people who could take power to some really ugly places that a lot of Christians would say, gosh, how were they ever in the same kind of churches that we were? What's helpful for me to think about here on this Christian nationalism conversation is think historically. Like, I'm not a historian, but even just going through like church history, uh, taking that course and looking at the history of how the, how the church, like, what, what tends to happen when the church and the uh, political leader throughout history, whatever, when they kind of come together and start ruling together, it never goes well. No. It has never gone well. And I think the founders were really wise in how they crafted our, our government structure to help avoid that, like the, the religion clause, like all of that stuff to help avoid that happening because religion is important, but it, when the two blend, it just doesn't go well. Right. I forget who, who I heard say it, but they said like uh, religion and politics, like when you mix ice cream and, and dog do, and it really ruins the ice cream and it's not right. good. And that's what happens with Christianity. When we mix the two together, like it, politics just, it's always messy. It's going to be messy. It's still messy. But Christianity, it really ruins the Christianity. Yeah. And, and it's an idol that will creep in and just destroy our soul. There is, there is always an allure of power. There's always an allure of influence. We love our Christian celebrities. We love the idea that we, our politicians are going to get into office, etc. We need to be aware of the fact that those things have historically evangelized Christians more than Christians have evangelized those things. Absolutely. So when Christians get into politics... Um, politics wins more often than it loses. When Christians become celebrities, celebrity wins more often than they're able to use that platform for good, right? Amen. And so we need to be aware of, of that and, um, and navigate these things accordingly. We love our country. Uh, we are not, we are not like, um, we're not saying don't be involved in politics, don't vote, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to be Christians first and Americans second. And we need to understand that um, that blindly defending our, our quote-unquote team in a politically tribalistic way is a really easy way to lose sight of the way of Jesus. This is not a time for us to just to blindly say we've done nothing wrong, to point at the other side. It's a time, it's a time to get away from that and to say, okay, how do we move forward with wisdom, with discernment, so we can get to a place where we make better decisions in our world, we better represent Jesus in our world, and we better fulfill the Great Commission in our world. Amen. As always, if you guys have uh, questions or want to talk further about this, uh, you know where to reach us. And thanks for listening.